Hello and welcome to Obsession, where we get horribly obsessed, highly obsessed, <laughs> hilariously obsessed with things that other people might find odd. Nothing is too obscure, too creepy or too weird for us to research obsessively. I'm Heidi. And I'm Rebecca. Join us in being obsessed. <laughs> Welcome back. Hello, Heidi. Hi, Becky. How are you? I am really, really good. Now, tonight, what are we talking about? Ah, well, tonight we are talking about sleep paralysis. Oh, something that Ooh. scares me. You told me a particular story when I first knew seven years ago and it's yeah. always are you uh-huh. going to tell our listeners tonight about this I can um if you don't freak out hearing it again no I, I definitely I, could I, I can't promise I won't completely freak out but <laughs> I've heard it before so I'm not going to be as terrified as I was the first time all right okay so I will start off with one of my first memories so it's not as scary as the story that you know Mm-hmm. So I can't say how old I was. I was really little. You're a little one. Very little. And I woke up in the middle of the night and I couldn't move. I wasn't dreaming. I was completely awake. And I know that I was awake. And I was thinking very clearly. And I could hear myself breathing. I could feel the bed sheets. I just couldn't move my limbs or open my eyes. That is the classic definition <laughs> of sleep paralysis. It is. It is. Poor little Heidi. Were you frightened? Well, I was. Well, I tried very hard to scream. Oh. So I thought that I was screaming. I screamed for what felt like ages, but nobody came to help, which is really weird because, you know, I'm an only child. My parents usually wake up. If I used to wake up if I moved, you know. <laughs> so so nobody came to help me. And suddenly I could move one finger, then I could move another finger, then I could move a, move a foot. Oh. And then I realised that the only sound I was actually making was a whisper. The scream was just in my head. Poor little Heidi. Yes, poor little Heidi. So... This kind of thing would happen often over the years. Now, each time it would be different. A presence would walk into my room, yep. sit on my bed. That's horrible. Were you... Now, oh, yes, sometimes I heard noises. Sometimes I saw fictional characters like Freddy Krueger. Sorry. Oh, had you seen? <laughs> had you seen the movie? Um, No, but he's... he's part of popular culture you know what he looks yeah. like even if you haven't seen the movie um sometimes okay you're really not gonna like this okay skexies oh heidi no not skexies yes. we've got to do a, we have to do a obsession podcast about our obsession with skexies yeah with the dark crystal absolutely absolutely, absolutely. oh really yes now of course when, you, when that happens to you when you're a kid, you think you're being haunted. Gosh. And it's actually something that's quite common. See, I think as an adult, I think it's something big anyway. 
spookier than just our imagination, but we'll get onto that later. (laughs) So do you want me to explain what sleep paralysis actually is? I think that would be really good so people know. So I actually wasn't being haunted. This happens to you, you're not being haunted, okay? So, all right, your brain switches off your muscles during the rapid eye movement or the REM cycle. So you need this temporary paralysis for a really logical reason. And it's so, it's that you don't act out your dreams. It's supposed to keep you safe. Sometimes though, you can become conscious before the REM cycle finishes. So that means your eyes are still moving and you might be dreaming and this causes hallucinations. I have a question for you already. Yes. Why are the hallucinations always horrific? Why aren't they pretty fairies jumping around the bed? Why isn't it why isn't it angels or your or yogi bear or a nice character or a gelfling? Well, some people actually do have nice experiences. Oh, do they? They well, apparently some people do, although it's the horrific experiences that are the most common. And that's something I'm actually going to go into a little bit later mm. when we talk about um sleep paralysis in a cultural context. Okay. Okay. So I actually found a really interesting article um, in Psychology Today and Dr. Michelle Carr writes, sufferers describe certain peculiar yet consistent experiential qualities, the sense of a threatening presence, Mm. feelings of suffocation and pressure on the chest. Researchers call this experience felt presence, though cultures throughout history have identified their own culprits. And that's from um, Dr. Michelle Carr. Very rational woman by the sounds of it. Very rational person. She sleeps at night. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like she has a good sleep at night. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, as, as we see from that article and from many sources, it's universal and it's really, really common. And well, um, apparently 30% of people have, have experienced it. Yes, that is true. That's true. It's been linked to narcolepsy, but, but not, not always. I mean, really anyone can experience this regardless of whether they have a neurological condition or not. Um, it's also been linked quite heavily to depression and anxiety. Interesting. But n- not always, not always. Um, now, something I found that was really interesting, uh, there was some research done in the USA, and um, according to this research, sleep paralysis seems to be more common in African-Americans. Oh, really? Caucasians. Yes, uh, particularly if they had an anxiety disorder, huh. they're more likely to have sleep paralysis. And that kind of makes sense because huh. I think, you know, generally speaking, Caucasians maybe don't have as much um, anxiety in their lives as people from racial minorities. Okay. So that, that could be a factor. I don't know. Um, white privilege strikes again. White privilege strikes again, even in sleep. <laughs> also, um, sleep hygiene. 
So your sleep routine, not going to sleep at the, at the right time, not waking up at a sensible time, staying on your phone too long, all of these things can contribute. Well, you and think I'm I guilty think, of this. Well, yeah, but I'm more guilty than you are. I am a terrible, I will wake up for two hours and I'll go and clean something, then I'll go back to sleep for an hour, then I'll get up and watch the news. I've never experienced it. I don't want to experience it. Well, I hope you never do if it's something you're scared of. Yeah, I am. Yeah. And That's your fault. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. You can so... be as pragmatic as you want along with this, <laughs> this very intelligent psychologist doctor, but I'm yeah. terrified. All right. So now, as I was saying, this experience differs between different cultures. So if you were in, say, Scandinavia back in folkloric days, the mysterious intruder is a supernatural creature called a mare. A so, mare. So what word does that bring to mind? Mare. A horse. Yes. And also uh-huh. something to do with dreams. Mare. Nightmare. That is where Oh, my God, is that where the word nightmare comes from? Yes, it does. No. It does. Okay, I'm blown away. Yes. So, in most cultures, this supernatural creature is demonic. I'm sorry, Becky. (sighs) And hostile. Uh, Whether it's a Turkish djinn who wants to strangle you. Yeah, no, I I have some Persian friends who've told me a lot about djinns have terrified Ah. me senseless. Ah, Well, actually, um, I was reading about um, an ancient Persian sleep paralysis demon uh, that reminds me a little bit of um, an Irish type of fairy creature like a leprechaun because if you hold its nose, you (laughs) demand to know where its treasure's kept. Are you serious? If you hold its nose... Well, apparently, I don't know. I'll have to. I'll have to. Is this um, somehow connected in somehow with the old dad joke of "I've got your nose, I've got your nose"? Oh, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> so, um, in Thailand, there is a ghost. Um, actually, in most cultures, it, there is a ghost or a demon, and uh, sleep paralysis is one of the main reasons that skeptic skeptics give for ghost sightings okay some of them are quite cute so in eastern china or ancient eastern china there's a demon mouse that sits on your chest and wants to steal your breath so is this a little tiny i i'm imagining a little tiny 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 mouse here i i'm not sure but i'm i'm imagining it as quite cute and I mean, it wants to steal your breath. It's a Darth Vader kind of mouse, but it's cute in my imagination. With some historical context there, we view mice as cute now. They weren't we cute do. then. They were a no. horrible pest that, you know, ate babies' faces off. It's funny that um, the mouse is stealing your breath because, as you'll remember from my Singapore story, yeah, yep. See, I, I, okay, just a little bit of context for all of you who don't know me very well. I did used to live in Singapore quite a few yep. years ago. And um, I had a lot of sleep paralysis experiences 
when I was living there. One particularly memorable one where I felt that I was being held down, which is quite common in sleep paralysis to feel like you were being held down. Um, this one was particularly frightening, though, because I could hear breathing in my ear. Oh, Heidi. And I do remember wondering if I had the air conditioner on, but I hadn't. I, I like I the way you went straight to rationalisation. Well, yeah, I would have gone straight to, like, hysteria. <laughs> well, you can't because you can't move and you can't scream, so you can't no, get so hysterical, you can't... sorry. Inside you can. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I was thinking, you know, did I leave the air conditioner on? But I hadn't um, because I remembered turning it off. Um, and that entire day... After I woke up, I felt completely empty. I felt like a husk. It yeah. was unbelievable. I've never, I'd never felt anything like that before. I've never felt anything like that since. It was unbelievable. It's beyond terrifying. Well, do you know what it was? It was. And I find that even now, when I do know the scientific reasons, it's still scary because there is still a part of you that thinks, will I ever move again? You know that you will, but there's part of you that's, you know, a little bit scared. In your brain with this experience, were you thinking it was something supernatural or you? Yes. You were. Yes, at the time yeah. I was. Did you have a vision attached to that one? I know you felt like something was holding no, you down. No, no, I didn't. Um, I... I was on my back, and this does often happen when I'm on my back. I find if I lie on my side, it doesn't happen so much. Okay. Okay. So I was on my back. Um, my head was to the side, and I could open my eye just a little bit because I was looking at the air conditioner. So that's all I could see. And was the air conditioner blowing something in your ear? No, it wasn't. It was off. Okay, so explain to me, how is that part of sleep paralysis? How do you have that sensation of someone blowing in your ear? Well, it's it, because I'm obviously still in the REM cycle. I'm still in the dream cycle. And so the sensation... Yeah, even when you, when you dream, yeah. the things you dream, like if, if you dream like that your hand's been chopped off, it's very often because you've got it in a funny angle and it's gone numb. There's usually like a, some kind of a, a real correlation to what you're dreaming. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. But, I mean, you do feel sensations in your dreams. Like if I was dreaming that somebody was was breathing in my ear, I would feel that. Maybe someone was breathing in your ear. Well, that, that's a possibility as well. I mean, I was sharing a house with people. No, Ooh. I'm not talking about people. <laughs> See, automatically you go to pragmatism. Automatically I go to the... Mm -hmm. <laughs> I will be the scully to your Malta, Becky. <laughs> <laughs> so um, something that's actually quite interesting is that the sleep paralysis visions and hallucinations are actually quite a big part of human history. So... Um, they have been blamed for ghost sightings 
Um, now skeptics blame them for alien abduction. I was going to say that one, and that and, actually makes sense because they really do believe they've been abducted. Yes, absolutely. And um, there are some records that suggest that sleep paralysis hallucinations uh, played a part in the Salem witch trials. No, politics played a part in that. But well, I'm it did. It did. Okay, so I'll I'll just read you. Um, okay, so um, a researcher, O'Davies, mm-hmm. um, in their essay "Nightmares, Hags, and Horses." some considerations of the significance of sleep paralysis in European witchcraft accusations. (laughs) Um, So Davies writes about the the prosecution of Olive Olive Bathroom in England, Mm -hmm. so not Salem in England, in 1599. So one of her alleged victims, Joan Jordan, testified that a shape-changing spirit sent by bathroom, tormented her at night. This nocturnal intruder entered down the chimney and Jordan described it as being a thick, dark substance about a foot high, like to a sugar loaf, white on top. And then Davies also writes about the Salem Witch Trials of 1692, Um, Robert Downer's experience occurred after the accused witch, Susan Martin, had said some she-devil would shortly fetch him away. That night, as he lay in his bed, there came in the window the likeness of a cat, which flew upon him, took fast hold of his throat, lay on him, lay on him a considerable while, and almost killed him. Now, as someone who does suffer from sleep paralysis, that actually feels familiar. Does it? Agents. Yeah. So, look, I there were a lot of polit- politics involved in the Salem witch trials, absolutely. But the hallucinations people have during this experience often do correlate with the fears of the time. So, you know, mm. I do see a connection there. Okay. Okay. Now, it's it's just really interesting um, that that experience speaks about a cat because I don't know if you saw the Netflix documentary, The Nightmare. No. All right. So, I in this uh, documentary, there are people giving uh, very dramatic accounts of sleep paralysis. Um. And I am a little conflicted about this documentary. I felt it was a little bit melodramatic in some ways. Um, There was a really scary story about a cat where a man was sharing a bed with a few of his friends because there was some event where they they were all ended up at his place. Um, He had a, a sleep paralysis experience where there was a cat on his chest with red eyes, he woke up. <laughs> Sorry, friend... I shouldn't laugh, but as a former cat owner, that sort of happens if you've yeah, got that a cat happens. anyway. That happens. <laughs> um, his, the friend beside him started screaming because they had seen a cat with red eyes on his chest. Aha. Uh-huh. Aha. Uh-huh. Aha. Uh-huh. So 
yeah, I, I found that one quite interesting. I, I've never heard of a cat with red eyes on its chest. There was, you think? Well, well, you know that I have different views about sleep paralysis to you. Yeah, you you tend to go more towards the paranormal, don't you? I do. Okay. I do. Yeah. See, uh, do you know what? I think one of the reasons why I have to be so pragmatic about it's because it, you experience it. It's because I experience it. Well, um, how does this help us with our podcast? If I'm supposed to, t- <laughs> do you want me to placate you, or do you want me to no, yeah. argue? Argue. As as your friend, my yes. instinct is to go. Oh, Heidi, of course. It's just <laughs> you. You had too much cheese before dinner, darling. Yeah. That's all. And I do yeah. believe that when you first told me the story. That was the stance I took of, oh, you poor thing, you, you, yes. you were having a bad experience and you, you yeah. had a bit of a bad time of things. But inside I was screaming, girl, you got demon attacked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. But do you know what? I have not experienced this for a few years now. See, I was about to ask you if you've experienced Yeah. Um, and a big part of that is not sleeping on my back. Well, see, that, that actually makes a lot of sense to me. I don't sleep on my yeah. back and I don't sleep on my back because um, I stop breathing, <laughs> um, which isn't so good. And I have, no. I have these horrible nightmares that I'm choking and can't breathe and I actually wake up coughing and I actually can't breathe. Oh, that's happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when, when I have that sensation, it's, it's actually something real happening to me and that's why – that's the one thing that does lead me towards, okay, if it happens more when it's not, when you're on your back, then it can be that whole physical getting into your dreams, getting into your subconscious thing. Yeah, yeah. Right? But I don't know that I 100% believe it's just physical cause because of the fact that it is always terror-based and because mm. the experiences are so similar. So similar. Yes. I know that you've seen some cultural uh, differentiation yes. uh, and historical, but same things apply, the sensation of choking. And the thing that I can't fathom in that is uh, why you see something walking towards you and coming to your bed. You would think that you would be in that state with the thing already on you if it was purely a physical man- uh, uh, a emotional dream state reaction to a physical state does that make sense it does make sense and it's something that I've often wondered myself if anybody out there has any any answers to that please please get in contact with us okay if you've got a rational answer if you've got a rational address it to me (laughs) but you know what I do find considerably that um, these hallucinations do come from popular culture, uh, whether it's the popular culture of, of that time in, in a particular culture or whether it's um, alien abductions. It usually plays on a fear that the people in that particular part of the world have at that time, whether it's witchcraft or demon possession. Or did or they get Freddy that Kruger? fear because of those experiences? So that's something I've well, often wondered. Yeah. So you know, as well as I know, I, I don't believe there are aliens. But okay. I do believe that people are experiencing something. I don't think they're lying. I don't think they're just going, I'm going to make up some rubbish story about alien abduction. No. I, I believe them. 
I yes. think maybe it might be something like a sleep paralysis, something like that. But where do people culturally get these ideas about something? It's not, I could sit there and imagine, I don't know, that bricks come to life at night and attack us. How am I going to get that out in the entire larger popular culture? Or does what's happening around people inject itself into the popular culture? Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it does, definitely. So, I mean, I usually find that in times when people have a lot of conspiracy theories about aliens, it's usually at a time when people have the least amount of faith in the government. And really? Yeah, because... They feel Is it sleep- kind of like a hope? Please, aliens, come and rescue us. <laughs> it could be. And also <laughs> and also feelings that we're being lied to, which we are, of course. Actually, at the moment, I'm just going to go back to the alien thing. Yeah. Right now, I think my only hope, given that America has Trump and Australia has Scott Morrison, there's no leaders anywhere on Earth. I think we're all like, this could be the ultimate time where people do believe in aliens because we really need leadership. Save us. Save us. (laughs) Well, um, I was actually reading another really interesting article. It's an older article. It's from 1999, but I think it still stands from the New York Times by Nicholas Kristof. And uh, Kristof stated that several scholars have found that people are more likely to report alien abductions Mm. when they've been exposed to movies or books about the idea. Or have they become interested in those movies and those books because of their... Yeah, yeah, that is another side of it. So Simon Sherwood, um, a researcher on sleep paralysis in England, said that in one case study, um, he, a regular sufferer of sleep paralysis, watched an alien film and then had a hallucination of little blue aliens inserting a metal probe into his forehead. So we are influenced by the things that are around us and these things do come into our subconscious. To a degree. To a degree. degree. To a degree. To a degree. But but generally, socially speaking, uh, it wasn't that one person came up with the idea of aliens. No, and but do you know what... The idea of aliens, all right, this is this is a Heidi theory, all okay. right. Now, you do know about my obsession with um, Irish folklore, with yep. fairies. You, <laughs> yes. know that I, you know I do have this, these obsessions. Um, a lot of very, very early ancient fairy stories are basically alien abduction stories. Oh, Absolutely. How so? Oh, look, um, the fairies um, abduct people. And time, time is different when they come back to the real world, to the human world. It's 100 years later, but it's only felt like five minutes in the fairy world. Okay. 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 So maybe the fairies were the original um, aliens, or maybe it's not aliens now. Maybe it's actually fairies now. Well, you know, in in um, the very, very first version of fairies, they weren't tiny little creatures with wings. Ooh. Well, I don't know about the wings, but they were what was known as the now. My Irish isn't so good. I may not be pronouncing this one hundred (laughs) percent correctly. Uh, but the Tuatha Dé Danann, 
Oh, nice or the she people. Uh, and they were the ancient gods and goddesses of Ireland. And they were huge. They were giants. They were beautiful. They were supernatural. wonder why they shrunk them. There's a oh, psychological in that, shrink their power. Yeah, absolutely, shrink. absolutely. And, um, you know, the, the whole idea of tiny little fairies, that, that didn't happen until, you know, much, much later. Fairies uh, were not sweet. They were not like Tinkerbell. They were... Oh, see, and this is a quick segue to mermaids. Yeah. You know my mother's view on mermaids. They you yes. know, nibble your toes. They're not yes. sweet little things. Yes, I'm, and, and they were known in Ireland as the good people, not because they were actually good, but uh, because they were quite malevolent and it was, a, it was polite to call them the good people so as not to annoy them. Hmm. Okay. So we yeah. look at a whole lot of different cultures all around the world and whether it be yeah. alien abduction, whether it be ancient fairies, whether it be um, gin. People are experiencing something. Yes. And then their own culture, their own era puts a face on that, puts a description on that. Absolutely. But I still think they're experiencing something. Yes. I, I, part of me, part of me does wonder because I mean, anything's possible. And I know, you know, you do often call me the pragmatic one, but I, I do think anything's possible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I find for me personally, it helps to uh, look into the the more scientific side of things just to, just to keep Make things, yourself sleep at night. To make myself sleep <laughs> at night. Or else I'd be like that little kid in the sixth sense, you know. Because, you know, me, you know, all sorts of freaky stuff happens to me. If I didn't yeah. take this kind of scientific approach to things, I would be a wreck. <laughs> and, here I am again. and here I am again tormenting and interesting <laughs> podcasts because the friend of me wants to go, no, no, you're right. I'm sorry. I've been very, very silly here. Have a glass of milk. It's all over now. <laughs> but you know what? I am open to to the paranormal aspects of things well, as well. I'll freak you out during all right. the podcast. All right. And then afterwards I'll reassure you with lies. That's sweet, all right. Sweet, sweet lies. That's all right. So I can, I can live with that. Go back to your own experience in Singapore. Yeah. And just because I find particularly interesting, talk a bit about the afterwards and the conversations you had with people? Oh, okay. Um, well, a couple of days afterwards, I, I started coming across sort of really interesting people. Um, I came across a man who owned one of those kind of crystal shops. Yeah. And, um, I, and I, I was asking him about it. He seemed kind of spooky like one of those spooky guys who kind of knows stuff. Or someone open to it. Somebody open to it, that's right. And he said, ah, oh, no, this is terrible. That's a succubi. Ah, oh, and I've heard that word before. Yes. Yes, it's like a, it's like a kind of demon. That, it's like a, a sexual energy sucks your essence kind of horrible thing. Ooh. And and, and and I was saying, no, no, it's sleep paralysis. I was 
you know, giving him the, the scientific. Yeah. And he was going, <laughs> no, 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 no. You've got, you've got yeah, did, very can I just bad ask, in your did you, room. While you were doing that, have your hands over your ears going, la, 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 at the same time? So, well, kind of, kind of. <laughs> and then he said, um, where do you live? And I said, um, Gelong. And he just went, oh, you're kidding me. No way. He said that place is so haunted. That's and old ghosts there. Yeah. yeah. And that's you know serious what? ghosts. Not like Australian cute ghosts. That's <laughs> severe, <laughs> severe nasty ghosts. Asian, no, ancient, ancient uh, ghosts are not, not good. Do you, do you think our ghosts would be cute? Some ghosts are cute. You think? Yeah. Okay. I think my grandmother's a ghost sometimes, and I think she's lovely. Oh yeah, I don't like. I don't. Yeah. She's not sitting on anyone's chest when she comes to visit them. <laughs> I'm sure if she does, then I'm sure she's very nice. Well, see, here's another um, aspect to everything spooky and supernatural, and that is that there are things that are once of Earth that yes. sort of revisit. That's one theory, and the other one is that there are things that are never were of Earth, like demons and gin and yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, and and whenever you look at Asian ghosts and their beliefs, they are they are seriously nasty um, little manifestations. If you believe in that stuff, and obviously you don't, and I do. Well, uh, it's not so much I don't believe in them. It's just that. You know, I like to keep my options open. Okay, so here's a question. Do you genuinely 100% believe that your experience was just purely chemical thing? Um, 97%. 97%. Yeah. See, I think you can feed yourself either way. I do. I do. And do you know what? When I was watching that uh, Netflix documentary, The Nightmare, there were people who were in the other direction and they completely believed that they were being haunted. And they, oh, I'm up, my gosh, these people, their lives were ruined. I watched a fantastic documentary called The yeah. Entity, which you can actually get on YouTube if you want to look it up. Okay. Right? Um, and very, very intelligent and very much leaning towards the purely scientific like yours. Yeah. Your views. And um, there's one man who actually lives in a he, he doesn't function with them he just yeah. night and day night and day um experiences this and um he actually lives in a catholic you know sort of boarding house so he's constantly yeah. surrounded yeah. by you know his belief system yeah. to sort of protect him from it and i can't imagine that i can't imagine that it'd be a horrific lifestyle well i i mean in in the documentary the lifestyle the nightmare i remember there was what the man at the very end of the documentary saying something along the lines of, I believe that one day this will be the death of me. Oh, and that's just so sad. Yeah. So see, sad. when we talked to him, we got to talk to him about the practical stuff, the pra- pragmatic stuff, because he I doesn't know. need any more torture in his life. Yeah. Whereas yeah. for me, I've never experienced sleep paralysis. I don't want to experience sleep paralysis. Um, so for me, I can play around with it a little bit in my mind, in my imagination, but I have no doubt that if I experienced it, I'd be there going, <laughs> this is purely scientific, you know, no worries. One thing that does point me towards the scientific, and that is uh, your experiences the next day of feeling so empty, and I, I wonder a little bit, some people who use um, heavy drugs will say the next day they have to take like a serotonin lifter or something. 
Oh, okay. Um, maybe some kind of chemical response there going yeah. on. Yeah, and, and, you know, I think that's where it does link to depression where, you know, yeah. I, I do have a history of depression it, and especially at that time when I was living in Singapore. Yeah. So that absolutely could have been a drop in serotonin. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. But mm, I don't know. I, I remain open-minded and... I don't know, I'd be sleeping. If I had sleep paralysis, I'd be sleeping with all kinds of crosses and crystals and good luck. Well, I used to. I used to. I used to have crystals under my pillow. Did you really? Which I crystals? Did. Which crystals? Uh, lapis. Lapis lazuli. No. Yes. Why? Oh, my God. Anyone who knows anything about crystals right now is going, no, why? Because that concentrates the psychic energy. You need like a rose quartz. Oh, no. I did have rose quartz as well. Okay, yeah, but that doesn't balance out very well. I like crystals, by the way, for anyone who's uh, yeah, wondering I, I, right I, now. <laughs> no, lapis lazuli is actually like the third eye. That's, that's actually attracting psychic knowledge and activity. Oh, my gosh. I'm wearing a lapis ring well, right get now. it off. Why? Because... I love it. I well, love it. don't blame me if you get sleep paralysis tonight. That's all oh, I'm going to say. I've been wearing it for years and I've been fine. Okay. Yes. I love crystals. I love wearing them, but mm. I don't think they really do that much unless it's working on you in a psychological way. Do, do, you, do you think you still have any kind of ritual, anything attached to sleep paralysis or you just go to bed, don't worry about it, it's cool? I don't think about it. Okay. I don't think about it much. Um, the only times when it happens is when I'm very, very anxious. Mm. And uh, I find, strangely enough, that talking about it and reading about it actually makes it a lot better. Because of the, st- the way in which you're reading it too, because yeah. you're reading a pragmatic scientific view. Yeah. Yeah, but mm. you know what? Even, even thinking about possible paranormal um, things as well, I mean, it, that doesn't really do any harm. I find. What do you mean? Well, I, I, it doesn't, it doesn't exacerbate the situation. That's because you're not believing it. It could be. It could be. You're leaning on that other side and and yeah. dismissing the other side. Which, by the way, rightly so. Yeah, yeah. So, considering that, um, these sleep paralysis demons do play into the cultural fears of a society. Do you think we're going to have a Trump sleep paralysis demon? <laughs> oh, no, that's highly, or, that is too scary. Okay, there is a limit to, I mean, we're talking about Asian demons, we're talking about gins, but then Donald Trump is just one step too far in terrifying people. Apologise to our listeners, please. Or maybe a Brexit demon. But, okay, wait, let's go back to Sensible again. Okay. Why isn't, if people are drawing on their, I mean, because I'm absolutely terrified of our current government in Australia. Yes. Right? They, they haunt me during my days and what they do. Why aren't they getting into my nightmares? Why aren't they getting into my um, subconscious world? Well, they probably are, but they're probably taking different forms. Because it, it's like I always say when I analyze your dreams, and sometimes I analyze. You do it. Dreams. She's my dream doctor, and I have to say, 
Heidi does the best dream analysis. And, and it's like when you dream about another person, you're usually dreaming about yourself. And so if you're dreaming about, say, a politician, um, it's, it's very likely that they're not going to be in that form. Okay. That human so, form. So it might be, they might be reflected in something else that's a symbol. So right. if you believe that sleep paralysis is just like a dream manifested in, in the half-half world, yes. what does it say about you that you're dreaming about this evilness that's coming, creeping into your room? I don't think it says anything about you in particular no but is that you internalizing something like i would be if i dreamt about trump well it could be it could be the thing is often often you don't see the demon often it doesn't have a form for some people it does for me it often doesn't um you know there's freddy krueger there was skexies but often it's just darkness yeah so um, if you were to have an experience like this, and you probably won't, you're probably not prone to it. Well, my mother experiences them, and so did my right. grandmother. Right, and, and apparently, thirty percent of people it is genetic. Apparently, but it I've is. Never experienced yeah, it. yeah. So, so if you did, what do you think your demon would look like? <laughs> And I don't know, whatever demon's coming to me, because this is, again, with our base core belief systems, I don't think it would come from my imagination. Oh. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't take the form of Trump. Yeah. I don't know. Just going back to um, uh, this happens to you at night, okay? There yes. is a theory going around in the ghost community that... Yes. In the ghost community, I love that. In the ghost community, in the ghost. I want to join community. the ghost community. I'm imagining actually like a ghost community sitting on the outside. Maybe the ghost community are listening to our podcast, Heidi, and they're just sitting there laughing, just going, "Yeah, no, nah, it's demons." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably. They're going fools. Yeah, these little ghosts in the corner of our rooms right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there is a theory going around, which I think you told me about about yes. the vibration. People feel a vibration and then attribute something spooky to it. Yes. I wonder how that ties in with the nighttime experience compared to the daytime experience. Oh, yeah, there could be something in that. There's, there, there is a theory that I heard. Now, I can't remember where I heard this. I didn't make it up. I'm not clever enough to make this up. But I, I did hear somewhere that there was this idea that um, during sleep paralysis, somebody else is living in the parallel dimension that is Ooh, I love parallel dimensions. Yes. Yes. And so you are paralyzed so that the you from another parallel dimension can slip in and be in your dimension for a while. Whoa. Yeah, can I just proffer that the other dimension isn't very nice if they're always demons and horrible aliens coming in? Well, maybe we're a bit scary to them. We might be the demons. Oh, what was that movie um, with uh, Nicole Kidman? Oh, yes. The, the others? others? 
Yeah, we've totally just given it away. Spoiler alert. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Sorry. I like that theory. When I watched that movie, I'm there going, oh, okay, that could be cool. I'm the ghost. Yeah. 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 Oh, I don't know. Well, I always think there's something more to these things that we can't understand. And you know my favourite quote, which is, um, there are more things in heaven and earth than your, you know, philosophy, Horatio. That's right. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I have got the most terrific quote. Okay. Yes. From Horace in the first century BC. Yes. And it is, when doomed to death, I will attend you as a nocturnal fury. I will attack your faces and brooding upon your restless breasts, I will deprive of repose by terror. Isn't well, that just so dramatically descriptive of a um, sleep paralysis incident? It absolutely is. And there's some great art and poetry. Oh, the artwork is amazing and quite terrifying in itself. Oh, yes. Yes. Absolutely. Whatever happens, it is obviously a truly abjectly terrifying experience. And I'm sorry for anyone who experiences it. I, I definitely do not want to experience this for myself. Well, do you know what? If you've made it this far without it, you probably won't. I hope so. Because it's usually something that starts when you're a kid or a teenager. Although it, I, I have heard it said that most people will experience it at least once. Oh, really? Yeah. I like the reassuring bit you said before. Okay. <laughs> edit that out. Edit, edit. I never said that. You never said that. I'm no, getting, I never said that. I'm You'll never out of my brain. It. I've decided I will never experience that. I've had other Oh, okay, things, okay, so. okay. Hypothetical, hypothetical, Becky. <laughs> Let's say that you do experience it and a shape appears at the door. And Honey? Wait, wait. It's Alan Rickman. Oh, okay, that's not bad actually. That's kind of cool. That's where we that's where we hope for the succubi kind of scenario. If that's and all right. Alan Rickman looking absolutely <laughs> dashing. Okay. And he walks over to the bed and says in his beautiful Alan Rickman voice, "Yeah, I will ravish you. Yes, my demon body will ravish you." And I will go, "Okay." So how about that? Okay, no, that's, that's right. gonna happen. That's gonna happen to you. Yeah, but except I, yeah. everybody's sleep paralysis experiences are just abjectly terrifying and awful. It's gonna be, <laughs> it's gonna be Trump. I just know it's gonna be Trump. <laughs> All right, well, Heidi, thank you so much for sharing your your psychological scientific experience, which I call demon attack, with <laughs> us. <laughs> no problem. Sweet dreams, everybody. 